Welcome to another episode of the Rise Up Country podcast. Hi, I'm John Ritter. And over the next few minutes, we're going to be spreading our message of hope and stories of inspiration with two of country music's biggest artists, Jordan Davis and Mickey Guyton. Plus, we're going to share some stories from what we call the real stars of the Rise Up Country podcast. Listeners just like you who have called into the Rise Up radio show and shared their life-changing stories to help others who may be going through the same thing. Let's start off today's podcast with the conversation I have with Jordan Davis. Country music is just a family affair for him. My uncle... Uh, was a songwriter and also you know my dad wrote songs growing up too so music was always around and um you know jacob made the move up here first and and uh actually signed a songwriting deal pretty quick within moving to town and uh just kind of through you know talking with him and and i'd send him you know song ideas i'd had and uh just kind of through doing that you know uh he kind of encouraged me to move to town and, and it was something that was at a point where you know, I didn't have a lot going on back home. I was, you know, bartending at night, working for an environmental company during the day, and, and I just kind of decided to, to make the move, and, uh, man, I'm glad I did. Yeah, when you were going to school and sending songs up, how? I, I mean, what was that dilemma like for you? You know, I, I never thought, you know, I just knew uh, if if I could just send him, maybe maybe he could do something with the songs I was, you know, sending over and um, and then finally, I think he played, you know, played some of the stuff I was sending for a buddy of his in town. And, and he reached out to me and was like, Hey man, you, uh, if you ever want to do this, you know, real, you know, real thing, you know, real deal, uh, you might want to think about moving to Nashville <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just so happened to be at a time where I was kind of available and, and could do it. And, um, I packed up and, and moved up to music city. Yeah. I, I forget where I read it too. And I think it's so true. Cause I, I talk to young people that have a natural gift. You know, they have a natural gift to sing or write or play music. And I said, no, the toughest thing for you is once you're around it and it comes naturally, you don't think of it as, well, I can make a career out of this or I can make a living doing this. And I guess you had that same dilemma. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just, uh, you know, I just enjoyed writing songs and, and, and thought that every once in a while I'd uh, come up with something that some, you know, somebody in town could have done something with. So, uh, but yeah, I guess, I, yeah, you, you're right on that. Now, what was it like growing up in your house? I mean, how did you get that musical influence? Well, you know, my uncle was a writer. Uh, mm-hmm. My uncle had some songs with, you know, Tracy Lawrence. And my brother's a writer and an artist in town. My dad, you know, like I said, played played and sang. And uh, my mom played piano in the church. So it was just music was around so much. I mean, was it just like a natural thing for you to pick up a guitar and start playing and singing? Uh, kind of. I guess so. I guess it was just always there. You know, I remember my dad walking around playing Johnny Cash and all those, all those old country guys. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's just there was always a guitar around. And, uh, you know, I remember getting my first guitar. I think I was 10 years old. Got it for Christmas. So uh, 9 or 10, somewhere in there. So, yeah, it's just one of those things that, you know, my guitar was always around. I never learned a lot of cover songs. I just uh, started, you know, my dad would always make up kind of funny songs walking around the house. So I guess I learned it from that and just kind of uh, started playing the guitar and started uh, trying to trying to write my own music. That's a good way to do it. A friend of mine gave me a great pointer when it comes to guitars is you always leave guitars out. You never put them in, in cases because as soon as you put them in cases, they just don't get played. But 
if you just leave a guitar out and you got buddies that play the guitar, man, they just walk in and pick them up and start playing, don't they? That's so true. You know, I've actually heard that same thing, that if you have a guitar, uh, yeah, keep it hanging up. Buy like a wall mount and uh, keep it hanging on the wall because uh, it's almost you're more likely to pick it up if it's out. If it's in a case, you uh, you won't do it. So, so what's next for you? So uh, we're wrapping up our uh, white wine and whiskey tour right now with Jillian Jacqueline, and um, we're starting the uh, Life's What You Make It tour with uh, Jake Owen and Chris Jansen uh, in May. So it's uh, we're going to have a busy summer. We're going to be out with those guys. and um, Those are a couple of great guys to be out with, too. What what personalities? Oh, man, that's going to be such a fun show. I think, uh, you know, from an entertainment standpoint, both of them are great. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm huge fans of both of those guys. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Jansen cracks me up, too, man, when all of a sudden he pulls out that harp and gets in that stance. How can you not uh, yeah. be happy and be having a good time? I know, man. He's a uh, <laughs> he's got some energy, doesn't he? Goodness he does. Oh my gosh, he's like a a string bean Alan Jackson with a harp, just go, <laughs> just going at it. You know what I mean? All you can he do is, is smile man. the whole time he's playing. It's true. It's true. So it's a uh, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna have a we're gonna have, we're, it's gonna be a good show. Well, thanks for spending some time with me today, man. Wish wish you nothing but the best. Hey, before I before I let you go. Let me ask you, when I say the word Christmas, what is one of your favorite Christmas memories? Oh, man. Uh, the, whenever we, me and my brother got go-karts, uh, I don't know how old we were, but, uh, man, that was the one thing we wanted for Christmas. So we woke up, you know, had the Christmas tree in the living room. We went out there and, you know, didn't see anything under, and me and Jake were both kind of upset. And then my dad was like, you know, I thought I heard somebody in the backyard. Y'all might want to go check in the back. And we went back there, man, too. Blue and white go-karts were back there. And um, that was, that was, that was one of the best Christmases I've ever had, man. We had, we had a blast with those things. Wow. That's a pretty big present too, wasn't it? Oh God, it was huge. Biggest present we'd ever gotten. That's great. Okay. One more quick question. Some things that you're most thankful for in your life. Oh man. Uh I'm thankful for my wife. Uh I'm thankful for 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 music. I'm thankful for my family. That's a tough one to narrow down just to, to one or two. Uh I'm I'm a blessed guy, so there's I got a lot to be thankful for. There you go, man. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. Awesome. Thank you, John. Maybe Jordan's story reminded you of one you want to share with us. Well you can twenty four seven on the Rise Up Country Hope Line at eight four four. 717-7774. Or if you want to make a comment, you can go to our Facebook page at Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. Well, you know, I promised you I'd play a conversation that I had with one of the people who called into the Rise Up Country radio show. Now, this person here was told he could never walk again, but never count out Dr. Jesus. I was a sponsored stunt bike rider. I was doing good, and on 4th of July 07, I was involved in an accident, and uh, I hit an SUV head-on. I was doing 60, and they were doing about 65. I shattered every bone from third rib up all the way down, damaged every organ except my heart and my back. Told me I'd never walk again. Well, I spent about seven months in the hospital and the rest of the time in rehabilitation, and I'm back walking with no braces, no canes, and my ultimate dream was to become a drifter again um, with cars. And it was a big fear of mine to step back into a car and doing something crazy. But wow. slowly and surely, I've made my way to doing it. And uh, I picked up my first sponsor last week. It's just kind of working out from there, you know. And I, I got back to work. I've worked 90 hours this week. Some good, hard labor. And it makes me appreciate the small things in life. 
You know, if you've never heard our radio show, you can look it up, Rise Up Country with John Ritter. It airs every Sunday morning throughout the United States. You know, I don't know if there's any people in the world that have bigger hearts than foster parents. I know this family really changed a young man's life. When I was 10 years old, myself and my three siblings, younger siblings, were all placed in foster care. We were supposed to be there for two weeks. And I remember going there for the first day and realizing or feeling like I'd finally been put somewhere that I felt like I was at home. My foster mother was a very loving woman. We grew up on a dairy farm. She always told us that, you know, we were put here on earth for a reason, to be somebody. So there was a placard in my, next to my little bed I used to lay in at night, and I would look up at it every night, and it said, I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. So that has always stuck in my mind. But right out of high school, I joined the Army, and I spent 26 years in the Army, and I retired five years ago. I'm getting to enjoy the things in life that you put on hold for so long. But I was only able to get this far in life because of my two wonderful foster parents. It was Mac Ruth and Roy Bray from uh, Red Bowling Springs, Tennessee. And they took us four children and kept us together until we all become adults. Hmm. And it's just something you don't hear of a lot, that a whole family gets to stay together. That's why I feel so blessed this morning. Maybe stories like that remind you of one you want to share with us. You can on our Facebook page at Rise Up Country, or you can call in to the Rise Up Country Hope Line at 844-717-7774. Sitting down with Mickey Guyton, and Mickey, you kind of have to tell our listeners where you came from, where you got into this music, and I know you've got a great story all about Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Got to hear it. So I grew up in uh, Waco, Texas. That's where I was born. Or Arlington, Texas, but my family moved back and forth. And so a majority of my upbringing was in Waco. I grew up singing in the church. That's where it all started for me. And um, what made me want to become a singer was my church drove from Waco to Arlington, Texas to go see a Texas Rangers baseball game. And the announcer says, we were all the way up in the nosebleed section, and the announcer says, please rise as 10-year-old Leon Rhymes sings the national anthem. God. And I was like eight or nine years old at the time, and I wanted to be just like her. And that's when I started taking solos in the church. But how this all started for me was um, after I graduated high school, I moved to California to go to school. So I stayed out there and established residency and was going to a junior college and working at the same time. And somehow or another, I knew some people that knew somebody. So I knew this DJ who knew a guy who worked on Glenn Campbell's last record which is so weird that i'm in california yeah you know so i'm out there and 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 i was pretty much done with my resident residency and i just i wasn't what were you doing oh or not residency excuse me my geez my first two years of junior college i was studying business so I was going to transfer to either USC or CSUN, and I just I was going to move back home because I just had went through this really bad breakup with this guy, and I just didn't really have you know the best luck out here. So I was about to tell my mom that I was going to move home, my mom and dad, but then I ran into Which some people that knew loved. they would have loved. <laughs> yeah. But then I knew this guy named Gary Borman, who managed Keith, manages Keith Urban, and at the time Lady Antebellum, and managed Faith Hill. So then I started working with him. So I was like, well, I'm not going home just yet. So I worked on my writing. I wrote this song called Safe. 
Um, and Gary calls me after I turned it in. He was like, I think we could get you a deal with this. So hmm. we fly out to Nashville, June, whatever the kickoff of um, uh, fanfare. Fan fa- fan right, right. Yeah. Um, in 2011. So it was in June sometime. I flew out there, sang for Mike Dungan this song and a Patty Loveless cover. And then he offered me a deal that day. And that's me. But that was over a way longer period oh, than sure, it seems. Sure. I'm just trying. I mean, so I'm not telling success. you about. Yeah, it was definitely not overnight, especially when I was working two jobs in California, sharing a one bedroom apartment with another girl and trying to figure it all out in between all of this. Where'd you live in California? West Hollywood. So, um, okay, now you had that bad breakup, and then your song, Better Than You Left Me. So yes. tell me, what do you learn from a, a bad relationship? You just learn what you will and will not put up with. And sorry, I just ate after burp. That's okay. <sighs> sorry. Wow. You sorry. cheeseburger? Are you serious? I don't know what I had, you know. It was popcorn, a cheeseburger. But wherever onion? I was, oh I was eating. God. Hey, I'm now. I had Isn't that a song? So hey, now. Hey. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I love that song. Um. So this guy just put me through so much. But, I mean, you just learn, like, that what you do deserve and how you're supposed to be treated and all those things your dad told us. Like, they were not in vain, you know? So, sorry. I'm a mess right now. That's okay. But it just taught me that I need to respect myself and demand that kind of respect from whoever it is that I'm dating. And I didn't do that with this guy. I let him run all over me. Now I'll tell you a great story about that and the way a daddy teaches his daughter. When my daughter was about 13, I had her and my son taking martial arts lessons from this guy that was an engineer that worked for me. Uh-huh. Big guy. He was a you know, fifth-degree black belt. All it amounts to is he could really kill me if he wanted to. <laughs> but he was giving him lessons, and one day she walks in and goes, Daddy, Dad, get him in here right now, honey. Just bring him in here right now. He sits down. He goes, Dad... You told me no guy could ever hit me or smack me around, and he has kicked me in the butt five or six times, and it really hurts. What are you going to say to him? <laughs> is that great? And I That's go, amazing. I go, you know what, Mike? I got to tell you, she is absolutely right. Can you just take it easy and just teach her a little bit different? Well, I was just, I said, it makes no difference. She's absolutely right. So she taught to be a, a really tough kid. Yeah, you got to be tough. Like, yeah. I. I was not, and I was really, really in love with this guy, and sometimes love makes you do a lot of crazy things and accept things when you shouldn't, and I did with that guy, and for the longest time, I thought that he was the prize, and then I realized I'm the prize, so I was like, no, 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 bye, Felicia, not happening, you're done, and then, yeah, so I wrote this song, excuse me, I wrote this song after my final fight with him. Okay. So, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm. I need to back up so you can know the story. So, when I first moved out here, he had tried to come back into my life after we didn't talk for like a year. And this is him dating other people, and me finding about it. Oh, and, gee. And me finding out that he's hooked up with girls in Nashville that I had no idea about. Whatever. And um, so when he was trying to come back into my life, um, I had moved on at this point. And I was like, I'm sorry, I, I just can't, you know. And I was trying, you know, let him down easy and be nice about it. Maybe we can just have this nice, like, cordial oh, break. It isn't going to turn out that well, is no, it? No, and he said to me, don't make me find someone else. And I just could not believe that that came out of his freaking mouth. Right. When 
all he was ever doing our whole relationship was trying to find someone else. Wow. Yeah. And so I pretty much cursed him out and said, go find someone else and I hope she makes you happy. And then this was on my way. This happened on my way to my very first co-write, which I wrote better than you left me. Oh, that's very good. Mm -hmm. See, now that's, that's, that's a, a, a great idea and a great song. Thank you. You know, I know I talked to this one girl that was on Grey's Anatomy, and after we had a conversation, you would think this actress that just had it all going on had come from these bad, bad relationships throughout her life and had gone from uh, bad parents, and no matter what she did, she never thought she was enough. Yeah. And it's like, wow. And, we and, go through that often. You know? I do that, too. Yeah, it just depends. My wife is like that. Her her dad was an alcoholic, and her mom was um, a drinker and a smoker, a hard worker, but they both had issues with it. So what happens is when you're a kid, you're a prisoner. Mm -hmm. So when parents are saying stuff, you know, out of their drunkenness, oh, you're just nothing. You're Kids don't know. Yeah. They just take it to heart. Yeah. And then your whole life you have to spend trying to – build up your self-esteem right so that's a great i mean this is a great idea for a song because Thank it you. tells people that okay i get it i went through that but guess what i'm going to learn for it i'm yeah. going to be better next time yeah and i have been like sometimes i'm too better next time because i'm like oh no right <laughs> you're not going there with me you know right. then i turn into like the mad black woman all of a sudden <laughs> i've had to like tone it down though i'm not i'm not so angry anymore but yeah for a long time, I was traumatized. You know, like when you go through like hardship, you go through so many, or like a really, when you've been hurt really bad. Mickey, like, I'm going to tell you something straight out. Tell me. Anything you throw at me you've been through, I can top Trump. I, I know. Unbelievable. But I ended up getting God back in the center yeah. of my life and turning things back around. And I am today a result of all the misery I went through. I think we but all now, are. It's but yeah, because you just, You have wow. an understanding of it. You have a good understanding of yeah, it. Yeah, and you're just like way more grateful. And I think going through this breakup, it showed me how to love a person. Mm -hmm. And like people, I just don't think people really understand how to really love a person. Like, you're not, this isn't just some person that you, oh, you love and it's all nice. Right. Like this is a human being that people care about. And when you hurt them, you're not only hurting that person, but you're hurting all the people that care about them. And you have to remember this, like this person at one point was a child that people cherish and, 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 and that's how I learned. And so even with my new relationship, if I get angry or find myself not fighting fair. Right. I have to take stand back and be like, this human loves me, and he's allowed to feel how he wants to feel, and I need to respect that. Versus, just throwing him off to the wayside, like I've been. Right. And I was thrown off like I was nothing, and that hurts. But I've been made to feel like that by just people that I care about. You're not supposed to do that. Now here's the rise up moment. Did I don't. You, did I, you forgive him? I do forgive him. I do in my heart. Bingo. Now in you're my no heart, the prisoner, right? Yeah, in my heart, I do forgive him. For a long time, I didn't forgive him. I was very angry because I just felt like, why would you do that to somebody? But then I realized he can't help himself. Like, right? That's just who he is, and I just pray that he gets out of or learns from that before it's too late. 
So we're going to be friends a long time. Yes, we will. Yeah. Yes, we will. You've got a great heart. If you want to contact us, you can 24-7 on the Rise Up Country Hope Line at 844-717-7774. Or you can make a comment on our Facebook page at Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. This is John Ritter saying, remember, never, never give up. Just rise up.